Welcome, friends, to the Backhanders podcast, bringing you all the ins and the outs from this, the great game of tennis. We cover each tennis slam and are unafraid to slam that very tennis. My name is Lightning, and with me, a man who in recent podcast lockdown was unable to practice, unable to prepare, exercise, or leave his house, and has been resigned to hours of watching Netflix, catters. Were you even aware you were in quarantine? No, no. <laughs> I wasn't lightning, but suffice to say, I was born for self-isolation, which was quite often the comment written on my report card by teachers, who in hindsight were cruel. (laughs) And that self-fulfilling prophecy that is my life lightning has held me in good stead for this pandemic. And um, great to be with you, lightning. Let's get the happy new year out of the way. And I want to get straight into it, lightning. Mm -hmm. I want to reach for the cow's tit, as they say in Serbia. And speaking of Serbia, our fearless leader Novak Djokovic has led very well through this past four to six weeks. And I feel that it is my responsibility to address the way that the broader public have been treating this man. And mm. I don't know what your country's doing, Lightning. I mean, mm. let's just see this as a triangular situation. We have Denmark, where I'm sitting pretty. I'm enjoying my life. Let this, you know, let's face it, bad flu run rampant on the streets. No problems here. So I'm just going to have to close that window. No no problems here, Lightning. Everything's good. And then you have Australia, which is this nanny state. I'm almost <laughs> I'm almost embarrassed to make the link between that nation and my heritage. And I believe the feeling is mutual if the letters I've received are anything to go by from the authorities. But Lightning... What is going on down there? What do you have against professional tennis players? Just to finish the triangle off, Mm. we have Serbia, which is represented by King Novak, who has come in and tried to be the voice of reason, to shed some light on what is a farce, quite frankly. Mm. It's a farce. Mm. So I didn't want to kind of get your back up, but please... Please defend yourself. Catters, what I'll attempt to do is explain what you may be referring to, and that is the fact that 72 players in the main field of this, the first Grand Slam of the year, due to three separate charter flights, 20% of the field have been in hard lockdown and unable to train. So initially the commitment was they'd get five hours a day of which Tomic was wondering how the hell he was going to fill that time. (laughs) Only for these players to arrive on our shores and 72 of them being robbed of even that five-hour practice window, shoved into hotel rooms, we're having bad food, we're having mice, we're having all sorts of other stuff. And as you said, Catters, they then need to play a grand slam of tennis. Is that what you're referring to, my friend? Well, Lightning, I think that the players have been admirable Their resilience has come through. You've seen the footage, the players hitting balls against windows. Mm. They've been putting mattresses up on the side, whacking away. They've been, (laughs) in some cases, also hitting balls. (laughs) It's been great footage, Lightning. I'll just write this down. Which YouTube channels are you watching again, Kaz? And... I think they're making the best of a bad situation. And Mm. I put it upon Craig Tiley and his team of incompetent oafs to change the conditions. You know, you talk about Australia, they change the date. Channel that sort of effort into something that we 
can all get behind, which is make the surface that of the slowest carpet in hotel quarantine. <laughs> That's something I could get behind lightning. Because you cannot tell me that some of these players who are like well-oiled machines that have mm. been sitting gathering rust over the past 14 days, how are they meant to go out and put on a show in front of the public. First of all, they haven't seen the public for 14... They haven't even seen natural light for 14 days. You're going to put them out on a court in the middle of blazing hot summer. It's going to be like some sort of Sports Illustrated beach shoot with albinos. It ain't going to be pretty. So... They're meant to go out there and adjust to the conditions. Also, they haven't played in front of humans in the better part of 12 months. How, how is that going to factor in? Yes. It's terrific call cutters. Not only are they robbed of practice in the immediate lead up to this slam, they've spent the last year watching daytime television. So this is going to be an absolute farce of an open. Should it even be called a Grand Slam cutters? Perhaps uh, maybe it's a rebrand. Maybe it's, maybe it's Grand Sham. The Grand Sham. Can we, can we go with the Grand Sham? No, I like that. I think that is far more appropriate. But can we address the Serbian elephant in the room, Lightning? And that is mm. Novak Djokovic, King Novak, who, let's face it, yes. go through the archives, listen to our old episodes. Please boost the numbers for potential advertisers. We have been fans of Novak from the very start. Yeah. We believe that his hunches are based on factually... <laughs> provable stuff potential <laughs> potential yeah. correct and any old scientist can compare apples with apples and oranges with oranges but it takes a novak to imagine a watermelon and bring us along for the ride and so all that novak's doing here is he's offering his proverbial fruit bowl of evidence and telling us to free my people and i say novak you legend you legend and and i got a list of novaks i think this was well documented at the time mm -hmm. novak drafted up a list of what he saw as you know i think demands is a strong word it was a request it was a heavy-handed request mm. to the authorities to provide some alternative measures for the players that were unexpectedly locked into quarantine situations. Yeah. I think that says one thing, Lightning. It says leadership. Sure. This guy is in his palace in Adelaide. He could ignore them. I mean, let's face it. If all 72, if those planes had gone down and never arrived in Melbourne, would we have batted an eyelid? <laughs> I don't know any of those players other than Akuna Matova. <laughs> who you will hear repetitively for the next 100 episodes because it is the greatest surname in history. But she'd be the only one whose gravestone I'd be gracing with a rose. The others, you wouldn't even notice them missing, Lightning. Let's call a spade a spade. And Djokovic's demands, this is what he wanted to do to help out the lowest caste system of the tennis world. Now, Katters, this list was purportedly purely between Craig Tiley and Djokovic. Are you saying you've been able to access this list? I have, Lightning. I have. I, I'm i not going to use the word QAnon, but there are some connections to Novak, and we've managed to source this list. So I just wanted to run you through this 
correspondence lightning look there were only six or seven dot points and you tell me try and be objective for once in your life lightning okay sure you tell me what's fair Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. okay king novak requests this for his players fitness and training material in all rooms sure fair enough that sounds perfectly reasonable yeah yeah fine let's move on decent food in quotation marks okay yeah well that i saw the food yeah yeah you could improve the food sensible yeah sure Next. Move as many players to private houses with a court to train. Sounds, it's just common sense, isn't it? Okay. Fourth point, Lightning. Daily concerts in each quarantine hotel room performed by the Tupac hologram. (laughs) I mean, players need a chop out. They need a break if if it seems fair. Yep. I can see where he's coming from. Totally agree. Uh, This one... I believe potentially what psychologists would deem projecting, but introduction of a unique three-strike policy whereby players are allowed to assault linespeople twice before incurring any penalty. (laughs) Trying to be as objective as I can, uh, appreciating he has very little attachment to these requests. I, you know, it seems fair. Give a bloke a chance. Okay. Give a linesman a throat. I I see what you're saying. Yeah. Um... The original cast of Friends to reunite and produce a new episode purely in fluent Serbian. (laughs) Yep. Seems a little ironic that Djokovic, who has no friends, would be advocating for a show about friends, but that's okay. Yep. Okay, continue, continue. Yes, only two to go, so I think, you know... It's sounding reasonable. Keep it coming. Yeah, yeah. Jetpacks for each player to... (laughs) Ensure ease of transport to and from Melbourne Park. <laughs> I mean, he's never been one for trying to keep down carbon miles, but that's okay, like in terms of practicality. It's not time travel, but it's close. <laughs> and finally, every child born in Greater Melbourne during the fortnight of play be officially named Novak. <laughs> It's just, it's common sense rules. And I'm assuming this was received with open hands by Craig Tiley. I think he signed it off from memory. I remember Julian Assange sent me a copy of this cat as I think it was signed <laughs> off saying, and don't make me puncture another throat, I think. So, cat is your frustration with how our country, my country, everyone's country has handled this it is reasonable. It's not been as... We'd planned. It's been a major, first major of the year, and let's call it a major stuff up. But th- <laughs> I, I'm assuming it's the stories you're referring to of, say, Yulia Putincheva. I assume she's on your radar. She was the woman who made it. She finds out that someone on her flight has COVID, gets to her hotel room, only to find there's a mouse in her hotel room, which went up on the socials. So she was swiftly moved from her hotel room, only to find there was a mouse in the next hotel room. And of course, this put everyone up in arms. There's mice in all hotel rooms. Catters, if there's mice in two separate rooms that you've been in, is the hotel the issue? Or do we need to ask some other questions? (laughs) I would wager that Pied Piper flute that she was playing, (laughs) summoning the mice, might have had something to do with it. This is the problem with tennis players today, Lightning, is they don't know their history. I mean... They don't know who packed their luggage. Someone (laughs) shoved six mice in it. It's ridiculous. Open mind, open mind. But if she knew her history, 
she would recall that the last time someone saw consecutive mice in their hotel room was Steffi Graf in 1988, just before she went on to win the Golden Slam. And the time before that was Virginia Wade back in the 60s or 70s. So they call it a double mouse for a reason. And women are so preoccupied with not getting the double bagel. Oh, I don't want to get double bageled. That they are completely ironically blind to the prospect of double mouse. And of all people, this woman whose last name, unfortunately, I can't pronounce, and it's not being racist, but she comes from Kazakhstan. And I've been to Kazakhstan. And believe me, the least of your problems is a mouse in the old hotel room. Having drunk fermented camel milk in the desert that had been sitting in the sun for 10 days that tasted like fresh spew. Julia, you're fine. You're okay. Roll over, go back to sleep and dream of the golden slam that's awaiting you. Catch the mice, take it back home, fetch some nickels on the uh, Kazakhstan market scene. It's true. But Kat, you're pointing to some truths, and that is that we have to temper our expectations this year for the tennis that we will see. Mm. There's no way these players can perform to a respectable level. We are going to see shanks left, right, and center. We are going to be hearing hamstrings ping like guitar strings. We're going to be seeing players drop left, right, and center. It's going to be fascinating to see who can physically survive a 14-day, five-set tournament, particularly in the men's case. So you're right. So I'm told that Craig Tiley is allowing players to change categories and actually enter the wheelchair category if they'd so choose, (laughs) which I think would be good. Dylan Alcott, the Australian champion, he'd welcome any competition. He's been collecting slams like Tomic collects towels from hotel quarantine. So (laughs) maybe that's the way to go. I've got nothing in my head. I'm just really excited and I want to hug the whole stadium. Cutters, the first slam of the year, the first come on segment of the year, a segment in which we look at what is getting us excited. And with tennis on the radar, Cutters, surely your jubblies are tingling. I would love to hear much more in this come on segment. Cutters, what has got you excited? Lightning, it's hard for me to contain all the excitement I've had because like a fermenting camel's milk... (laughs) In the sun, lightning. I'm bubbling up with excitement. Um, And I thought that possibly the best way to attack this lightning was, you know I love a good 60-second challenge. Oh, yes. It keeps me concise. It focuses my thoughts. And I've received a lot of fan mail over the years for my 60-second performances. Many have said, if you could keep your podcast to 60 seconds, we would appreciate them a lot more. So, It's true, it's true. So, Lightning, if you would like to uh, start the clock. I'll just get the giant alarm clock out now. Here it is. And time on, 60 seconds. Let me start it for you now. Tennis had some ups and downs after the very late French Open in October. The women's season was cut short due to the Asian swing being affected by the pandemic. I blame the Wuhan clan. Wait a second, I just need to close that window again. Bash Adi finished as the world's number one, slacker. Would it kill you to travel to a tournament or two? Possibly. In the men's, yours and my favourite, the Medvedevil stormed home to win the Paris 1000 and the ATP finals in London. 
The players entered quarantine in Australia, as we mentioned, and meanwhile I approached Pat Cash's management in London after probably overselling the potential exclusive interview on our last episode. But them being Brits, they gave me the old stiff upper lip and chose to Brexit from our correspondence. So I went direct to Cashy's Instagram for a DM. Nothing. Emailed him. Nothing. Death threats to the family members. Nothing. In an unbelievable twist of fate, I discovered that Sir Pat Cash is now coaching none other than King Wang. I look forward to the release of their video instructional series, Patting the Wang for Cash. But Pat, if you're listening, please do get in touch. We're big fans. <laughs> oh, very good, Cutters. Very good. Oh, it's fantastic. And now I feel fully informed. <laughs> I have spent six months not caring about tennis, but I feel like I'm across the works now. So thank you. So I look forward to padding out the next 35 minutes, Lightning. <laughs> Or watching you attempt to. I'm spent. (laughs) Lightning, what's got you excited? Well, the segue is simple cutters, and that is Pat Cash, one of Australia's great tennis players, mainly because he got past the fourth round in a major, so (laughs) is therefore classified for the Hall of Fame here at Melbourne Park. But for me this year, cutters, it's the Australian tennis players. There's this interesting thing with Grand Slams, and they've always pretended and they talk language of equality and equal and level playing fields. Blah, 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 Exactly. It's just a list of Djokovic demands. We just know it's full of waffle, but we buy it. We just go along with it because we've got Federer's and Djokovic's and Serena's and all these players that we just kind of want to see. So we allow this pyramid of hierarchy, this unequal distribution of wealth, and yet... For me this year, they've just taken it a step further. They've shipped off all the top players to Adelaide and then locked in small wooden cages the rest of the field. But for me to add to that, Tennis Australia have allowed all these wonderful Aussies to practice here in a locked down Melbourne for a whole year, have shanked the rest of the competition, given them no chance whatsoever, only to release Ash Barty onto court, only to release Curios onto court, only to release Tomic to make more video content with his girlfriend in a hotel room. <laughs> it's just everything you want to see in an Australian Open Cutters. Australians who could theoretically win multiple matches, and I am exceptionally excited by this prospect. Not since Wally Masua almost won a set in a Grand Slam. <laughs> Have I been this excited? Kokonakis, Cutters. You remember Kokonakis? I do. The big cock, as yeah. he's never been called. The big cock. I actually seem to recall having partied a little too hard on the island of Kokonakis <laughs> back in 2004. <laughs> well, that's it. I mean, coming from the obscurity of the island of Kokonakis, only to then make it to the tennis circuit, only to realise that his body physically can't live. I mean, this is a bloke who started performing amazingly, had stress fractures in his back. He seriously hurt his knee after tripping on an on-court signage (laughs) during a match. Is that true? It's true. It's absolutely true. I mean, fair play. I mean, he became really the face of respirators before they were cool. And for that... (laughs) 
But I mean, this is a blow. He then came back from that. He hurt his shoulder because apparently he was wanting to bulk up because he wanted to wear sleeveless tops in 2018 and injured himself in the gym. He dealt with groin and pectoral issues. He then came back and had chronic fatigue. He's dealt with having the surname Kokonakis. (laughs) And to make matters worse, he's been mentored by Philippousis. This bloke has everything going against him. I mean, he does himself no favours by eating a live bat at the change of ends i mean he should have seen it coming (laughs) lightning you mentioned a couple of things that on the backhand is we would very rarely slip through to the keeper to use another sports Mm. metaphor and that was kokonakis's groin injury and tomic but i (laughs) i think we go with the latter because that has garnered some interest as he has qualified from nowhere for this tournament is that correct yes That's correct. So this is a guy who was living in Australia. In order to qualify, he got sent over to the Middle East in order to complete qualifying. (laughs) They told him he needed to. (laughs) (laughs) That's our story. Yeah. Exactly. And Kat, there's been a lot written about this bloke, but the most notable story about our friend Bernard is not only that he's made it back into the main draw in an open, but also he's shacked up with a social celebrity, Vanessa Sierra. Mm. She makes adult content and is a pro vlogger and social media content generator. And those two have been shacked up for 14 days without being allowed out. And hearing from Bernie, he ended up saying that the whole arrangement made him more content. No, sorry. No, sorry. He made more content. Sorry, I misread that. (laughs) Oh. Well, Lightning, you mentioned the prime opportunity for these Aussies to storm the tournament this year. They've mm-hmm. had all the cards stacked in their favour. But I can't help but think that Nick Kyrgios is going to need a little more than just that because he is a man who is constantly distracted. Mm. He is chronically distracted. I mean, he'll play Xbox till four in the morning. He's injuring himself playing basketball. He's doing everything but hitting a freaking tennis ball. Mm. And one new task he's put upon his shoulders Mm. is that he's going to be the self-proclaimed COVID cop Mm. of the tournament. So in light of Novak Djokovic's dubious history in not exactly taking the necessary COVID precautions, Mm. Kyrgios came out and said, I'm happy to keep these players on the straight and narrow. I am COVID cop. And I feel like we need a little jingle for that lightning. So if I have time in the uh, old post-production studio, then I want to introduce COVID cop. But it does make sense, Lightning, because he's been speaking out in a cautionary manner against Mm. COVID and the risks of COVID. Absolutely. Add that to the fact that he's been copping fines for probably (laughs) the last five to ten years. So there is no one better equipped for this duty. (laughs) Unfortunately, no one's been policing his haircut for the last few years. (laughs) The funny thing with Kyrgios is that I don't know what listeners around the world have been exposed to in terms of media, but if you read the Australian press, the last 12 months, his stocks as a brand have just gone through Mm. the roof. It is a complete rehabilitation of this man's name. The one missing ingredient in this last 12 months has been tennis. So, (laughs) 
I don't want to get all technical and draw diagrams and stuff. I, you know, like Novak himself, I like to avoid any statistical evidence. But the reality is that when Kyrgios isn't put in a pressured situation, the guy is close enough to normal as we're going to get from him, I think. What's going to happen when he walks onto center court with 15,000 screaming fans and an opponent who creates some form of adversity in his life and flashing lights. We know he doesn't like flashing lights. It's it's going to be a fascinating dynamic lightning. I cannot wait to see that. So, Kat, is, I mean, this is getting me excited. COVID cop, if there's a COVID cop movie coming out, Who's he in cahoots with? Who's he patrolling the streets with? Give us the plot. Give us the angle. What's COVID Cop the movie? You're right, Lightning. It lends itself to so many possibilities. I mean, well, as a starting point, you'd have to have Disney Diego Schwartzman as the sniffer dog, just (laughs) following him around, ratting out unsuspecting offenders. Sidekicks, of course, the demon. Yes. You know, there's a bromance there. He would have to be a part of that. I'm thinking it's a team of your early to mid-20s underperforming slackers. Yes. So DJ Dennis, Shapovalov, he'll be there. Ah, oh, the Shap. Yeah. So there's the Shapov dog, there's the demon, there's Tomic Gun. Yeah. He's in there. Sasha Shame. Sasha Shame's in there. <laughs> Absolutely. And then you'd also have Dimitrov, Thomas Burdich. You know, they're not actively involved because they're close to retirement and they can't physically keep up, but they're just bankrolling it from all the... <laughs> Masters 150 tournaments that they won. So they're just sending giant oversized novelty checks to COVID cop. There there needs to be... Who do we have as the villain lightning? Because they are obviously trying to steal unreached potential. Yes, they're trying to capture unrealized potential. Well, it's Richard Krychek. (laughs) Yes, Yes, yes. He, uh, he stole a slam. In a vandalous attempt on Wimbledon, he stole the crown. And they just need to make sure that they don't get too close to him because he can force them to be cryogenically frozen. <laughs> <laughs> it just writes itself, Lightning. I'll give you the racket and we'll no, see, how many no. times, see how many times you can return yourself also. Okay, but you're, you're a professional tennis player. I'm not... Okay. Cut is time for everyone's favourite segment. It is fed up and poo down. In this segment, we would ordinarily look at the form, look at the matches, the tennis we'd been watching to determine, to discern who is rising before us, who is going to take the throne as the next great fed, and who is sliding, failing to capture that great potential like COVID cop and his friends, and therefore gets the trophy of poo down. However, Cut is, we've had a year of pretty much no tennis. We've had a couple of chump grand slams, of course, the French being one of those we don't count. Mm. So therefore, our fed up and our poo down in this segment is not based on tennis per se, but just on just who's good, just who's funny, (laughs) just who's worth looking at, just who rocks. Cutters, who is your fed up? Well, Lightning, if I say the following words to you, what do they mean? Like, what, what do these words say to you? Fish, Fritz, Isna. Uh, it definitely sounds like you're having a brain aneurysm. Um, Wait, help, sorry. help, someone, someone. I'll just close the window here. Uh, 
Lightning, I just listed a bunch of tennis players that come from America, men's tennis players oh. who nobody actually cares about. Mm. And if they weren't from America, nobody would give a stuff about them. They just have been born with a silver spoon in their mouth. And there's just <laughs> a long list of underperforming male tennis players. It's almost worth a side podcast. Ah, oh, yes. You know, I don't know what I would call it. Um, make America ace again. I don't know. But Lightning... <laughs> They're just a bunch of plonkers who haven't done anything. And I will add to that category a guy whose name has already eluded me. Uh, <laughs> Sam, no, no, Sam Query. I got it. Sam Query. He's another giant. Honestly, I think Richard Krajacek, the evil Krajacek, took a mid-90s Todd Martin and just created <laughs> massive amounts of photocopies. And probably the 17th and least sharp <laughs> photocopy of Todd Martin is Sam Query. <laughs> and I tell you what, when I talk about the law of diminishing returns, Sam Query's ability to evaluate situations has to be questioned because late last year, he was in Russia playing a tournament and he was there with his newborn child and oh, his wife. Yeah, and yeah. he suddenly found out that he was positive with COVID. And what do you do in that situation, Lightning? You're a family man. What do you do? Well, you, you go straight to the health authorities and you, you get the adequate care you need, I assume. You would, but you've got to remember that a guy like John Eisner... So you've, got to remember, <laughs> <laughs> you've got to remember like a forgettable man like... Uh, uh, Sam Quinn. Oh, that guy. Oh, yeah. You got to remember the Eisner number two, aka <laughs> Sam Query. He grew up on a strict diet of James Bond films in the 80s, uh, other Cold War classics, anti Russian propaganda. He doesn't trust the Ruskies. So, what do you do? You over freaking react and you order a private jet to get you and your family out of there and you go AWOL. I don't know whether he they did a, some sort of occultic ceremonial burning of their passports in the hotel. That cannot be confirmed or denied. But they just gunned it without going through any of the proper authorities. So he was missing in action. Nobody knew where he was. Classic. The Ruskies were up in arms. It was terrible. And he eventually surfaced again in the United States. <laughs> and he said, I did what any good family man would do and I broke a bunch of laws and hijacked a private jet and flew myself across the globe back to America infecting as many people along the way as possible and all I say to that is that is the sort of agility that he could use on court just the level of anticipation the decision making is inspiring so I doff thy hat to American tall gimp number 17 and say, you, my friend, are this week's fed up. <laughs> oh, classic. Cutters. Cutters, it was a missing persons case that took a while for that file to be closed because every time they'd talk about it, they'd say, no, no, I have a query. <laughs> Do you still have a query? Oh, no. Uh, let's get back out in the field, boys. Oh, but alas, I distract you, Catters, from this fed up. And poo down, Catters, who is your poo down? Lightning, uh, it gives me no joy to say that this episode's poo down is Pat Cash. Pat Cash? Pat, call me. Email me. 
phone me, do whatever it takes, Patty. You are a national treasure. I'm sitting here on my couch with my checkered headband, <laughs> stroking my racket, waiting for you to pick up the phone. And look, I know you're preoccupied with King Wang. We've all been preoccupied with King Wang. But I just, I, look, look, it's, look, I'm not going to beg, but look, I've made a few promises I'm not proud of. Cashy, just please, please, um, look, I need some cash. I need some cash. Who's your daddy? Who's your daddy? Hook me up. Hook me up. Pat, give me a call. I feel for you. Just hang in there. He's coming. He's coming. Cutters allow me to indulge in my fed up and poo down. I am, after all, also speaking on this podcast. Uh, it's a tennis player by the name of Francesca Jones. Mm. Now, this is a woman who was born with a genetic condition, and that is she was born in Britain. Uh, and so, of course, we feel for Can her. Can we just have a moment's silence just to pause and yeah. let that really yeah. sink in for our listeners? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, mm. Poor girl. That mm. poor girl. Let me just close that window again. <laughs> <laughs> the cat is not only was she born with that genetic condition, she was also born with another, a, a rare genetic condition, electrodactyl electrodermal dysplasia syndrome, which for those who haven't read their medical Britannica for some time, results in her with only three fingers and a thumb on each hand and a total of seven Toes. So this is a woman who at a very young age was told very directly by the doctors, you will not play professional tennis. It was named to her thus. That was a flame for this woman who then took it upon herself to do just that. This year at the Australian Open, she qualified for the main draw. We are going to see her not in a separate category of the Australian Open, in the main open draw. She, because of her condition, has a slightly lighter racket with a smaller grip, but it will be so exciting to see this young firecracker giving the three-finger salute to all those <laughs> whining, whinging, quarantining players because this woman has just done whatever it takes and she has absolutely earned getting a spot on court. So to be keeping up with the Jonesies, we will be watching on. And for me, now she becomes the benchmark. If any player wants to whinge about quarantine, whinge about the conditions, all you have to say is, you got a fistful of digits? You got a fistful of digits? Just give them the FJ. Give them the FJ, Francesca Jones. So, Lightning, I don't want to rain on your parade. It's a great story. Mm, yeah. I just wonder, has that racket been authorized? Because it does set a dangerous precedent. Mm. I mean, my doctors told me from a very young age that I would not play professional tennis either. Does that block me from being able to use a giant racket on court, given my <laughs> physical limitations? Possibly. I mean, I actually thought Diego Schwartzman had done just that and had a giant racket, only to find out that it was one of those optical illusions where the little man was... <laughs> Just distorting the picture, so... It's true. I just... Yeah, I wonder. I, I just... Great effort, full points for trying. But I could count on her hand the amount of times I was told that I wouldn't <laughs> succeed. <laughs> the cat is... I mean, this is giving Tennis Australia tremendous weaponry. I mean, I'm told that Craig Tiley, now, whenever he has a request from a whinging quarantineager, he just gets on the phone, hears the request, and he says... You got five fingers? You got five fingers? Jog on. Jog on. 
So, Catters, that was my fed up. My poo down. I have two, if you'll permit me. The first of which is world number 29, Diana Yastremska. This is a woman who is the up-and-comer of the tennis world. She received some um, unpleasant news early this year when she was provisionally suspended from all tennis following a positive doping test. That's right. She took a synthetic testosterone. She's denied these allegations was so confident that this ruling would be overturned that she jumped on a plane and headed for Australia, assuming that this would be overturned in time for her to compete in the Australian Open. She later found out there was a COVID case on her chartered flight. She then spent the next 14 days in hotel quarantine, only to find out her provisional suspension would not be overturned and she now must retreat with the proverbial testosterone tail between her legs and head back home. Dana Ostremska, you are my poo down. Oh, Cutters, my second poo down mirrors the story of your Ostremska, a man you'll be familiar with, a man by the name of Tennis, Tennis Sengren. This is a guy who had COVID around Thanksgiving in November. He had to follow protocols before boarding his charter flight out of the States and tested positive to COVID-19 again, thereby following the strict medical procedures of the Australian government would not be allowed to board that flight and head to Australia. So he's cracking it. He's making calls to Craig Tiley and Tiley spoke to some medical professionals got back to him and was doing some wheeling and dealing literally while the plane was turning on the runway. The plane got stopped. Tylee spoke to these medical professionals. They then determined that because his original test, he'd copped COVID in November, it was believed this recent test was not actual COVID, but viral shedding catters, uh. which I believe from my limited medical knowledge is getting COVID for kicks. I think that's as simple as it gets. But basically it means the virus is still leaving your body, but you're not contagious. So the charter flight was turned around. Tennis Sengren, and I'm sure there's a Chariots of Fire film clip to go with it, ran down the runway, boarded the plane and flew to Australia. So a wonderful story. Alas, it turned out there was a case of COVID-19 on his charter flight. And so, our friend Tennis, whilst celebrating on all his socials for how good it was he boarded the flight, would later find out he was to spend the next 14 days in hard lockdown quarantine in Melbourne. So, brilliant. And to see him on socials has been hilarious. He then offered this incredible sarcastic takedown of the authorities here in Australia when he said, My name's Tennis Australia, and I'm so cool. I mean... Fair play to Craig Tiley. It shows the strategic nous of a man to realize that a, a tournament without tennis is going to be problematic at best. <laughs> uh, and look, he also extended the olive branch. I heard that they decorated his hotel room with a rocking chair and some scattered used car parts around the place. So he can't say that he didn't feel at home there. He had plenty of buckets to spit into in the hotel room, right? <laughs> I was just surprised that he was on that plane and not storming the capital. Uh, <laughs> My name's Tennis Australia and I'm so cool. Cut is time for the segment Mixed Troubles, a segment in which we explore some of the off-court issues, the things that aren't lining up that are causing a fracas. 
and therefore need to be explored cutters. Novak Djokovic, you've brought him up earlier in this podcast. Mm. We were singing his praises for a man who came out in support of his fellow tennis players. However, for me, things turned somewhat. Cutters, this bloke living in his penthouse in Adelaide, living it up, spending every second he wasn't on court in his glorious five hours of training, swanning it up topless on his balcony uh, with the proverbial fruit bowl uh, with his watermelon on show, and only to be released from this quarantine and therefore attend the tournament that he was in Adelaide to play in only two seconds before the tournament starting, withdrawing from said tournament. Correct. He was a no-show for the very tournament he was separately quarantining in Adelaide for because apparently he had an appointment with his physio and wasn't feeling all that good the last couple of days. I mean, Djokovic, if you can't diary plan what you're going to do after 14 days in a hotel room, when you get out of that hotel room, you've got issues, my friend. So, Cutters, it later turned out that he actually had an injury. He had a blister on his right hand. Cutters, a question for you. Let me put it to you thus. Why? Was Djokovic living alone, locked in a hotel room with nothing but a TV? Why might he have blisters on his hand? Catters. Absolutely no idea. (laughs) Nothing. Just going to open that window. (laughs) And close that window. I mean, Cutters, surely there's something. I mean, surely this bloke's... Maybe it's an Xbox injury. Maybe it's from the vigorous listing of requests for his fellow players. Maybe it's because he believed in Serbia they had coronavirus in hand. I don't know. But for some reason, the man couldn't play. Of course, alas, he ended up playing the second set of the tournament, taking it 6-3. But such a shame to not see the man himself in action straight after quarantine. You, one has to ask, what sort of Mickey Mouse tournament are you Adelaide folk putting on where a guy can opt in to the second set <laughs> and take it out 6-3? I mean, <laughs> did everyone walk home with a prize? I mean, what was the... And the prize was you can leave Adelaide within the next four days. Well, Lightning, I tell you who would be a good candidate to investigate the old blister on the hand issue. None other than COVID cop. It's on already, Cutters, isn't it? Curious came out calling Djokovic a tool for uh, some of his behavior, for claiming to have this list of requests having somehow been the very man that I, I'm pretty sure, other than that first bat, is pretty much the person that's then done the most damage since <laughs> after holding the Adria tournament earlier last year. Yes. I mean, Cutters, we have to love Curios's tweet that he put out in this argy-bargy that is already going nuts, Cutters, when Curios simply said this, no matter how many Grand Slams he wins, he'll never be the greatest to me, simply because I've played him twice, and I'm sorry if he can't beat me, you are not the greatest of all time. <sighs> Slam. Bam. I mean, it's good logic. I-, I thought when he also tweeted at Rod Laver with a similar taunt, that was probably unfair. <laughs> um, and a deceased Muhammad Ali. Uh, it's just a bridge too far for me. 
<laughs> but look, he is he's COVID cop for a reason, Lightning. The law is above us all, and uh, I'm not one to question it. Please don't patronise me. I, I would have no, no. You are in the way I you're asking you, in the way you're asking your question. You are being quite disrespectful, and you are patronising me. I'm a professional competitor who did her best today. Cutters, it's time to take this home and to wind up for tennis, for action, for the first Grand Sham of the year. And so, whilst we're not expecting legitimate tennis, quality tennis, we are likely to see some players make it to the end, and one of them will be therefore crowned the winner. It may be based more on hydration than actually tennis skills this time around. So that's what awaits us, Cutters. I want to hear some of your predictions. There's going to be some differences this year. There's no... Federer this year. His wife's asked him to stay home. There's no Andy Murray this year. He is out of the open after he was found to be positive and was also found to have had the coronavirus. So that was <laughs> devastating for Andy Murray. Just when you think you know the guy. <laughs> exactly. But catters of this shamble of a tournament, who's going to win? Well, Lightning... I am predicting Novak Djokovic to win the men's. You can't bet against a guy who has... Ah, you and Novak. (laughs) You can't bet against a guy who believes the earth is flat, but also (laughs) has won eight Australian Open titles, I think. So he's the complete package, Lightning. (laughs) Complete package of what, Catters? He's the complete (laughs) toolbox. (laughs) And for the women's, I'm going to go for Serena. I have a feeling, um, you know... When I had my first child, the first couple of years are difficult, but you then (laughs) get over it, move on, and grow stronger. So I feel like it's about time Serena picked up a racket and spanked seven opponents on her way to equaling, yes, technically equaling Margaret Court's record, but never bettering Mm. Margaret in our hearts. And for my dark horses... (laughs) So wait, Catters, I just need to note, you've had a year of quarantine... And you've looked into your crystal ball and you've predicted (laughs) the two best tennis players of the modern era are going to win the tournament. I'm really going out on a limb, Lightning. But that's why we have the Dark Horse. And for the Dark Horse, I'm going for Tennis Sengren. I think (laughs) there's just something about a guy who can physically run for jets that are leaving the airport, a guy who can quarantine whilst running on a treadmill, whilst vlogging a trolling comment to the Australian... The guy's a multitasker. So I feel like his head's in the game. And then for the ladies' dark horse, and it is a dark horse, I can't go past number 36 in the world, Akuna Matova, because it just rolls off the tongue. What a wonderful phrase. So, and lightning finally for the lame horse category, which I'm, mm. I think is really relevant at the moment. Lame horse, of course, Absolutely. being... How many players are we going to have to retire out to the green fields and, I'm not going to sugarcoat it, put a bullet in their brain? And I'm expecting no less than 15 cattle to be hauled off the court due to varying injuries, most of which the result of quarantine. So that's my summary. How about you, Lightning? Catters, for me, unlike you, just trying to pick some champion of all time, Novak Djokovic, I'm going to go with Nadal. I kind of feel (laughs) that he's just had some good form these last 20-odd seasons. And uh, 
Cat is, of course, noting that a win here would send him past Roger Federer. So that would be significant. So imagine it could be a Nadal Djokovic final for me. I think Asaka, who has won the Australian Open before, I think she could do it again, Catters. So they're my two. My dark horse, Catters, you might have heard of the guy Nick Kyrgios. If ever there was a year, a guy who slipped outside the top 50, it could be his Catters. So the great Aussie hope, he took five months off tennis, didn't give a rat's about it. Now he's decided to care because it's just down the road. So he's driven <laughs> with his mates. He's going to give it a crack and see how he goes. My other dark horse cutters on the women's side, Schwantek. Mm. Her shares in the fabric of Schwantek <laughs> have gone bananas since our last podcast. So she is rolling in money, this Polish teenager. So I wouldn't be surprised, and this would be huge, if she went back to back. She was unstoppable one slam ago. Can she do it again? No. Hence being in my dark horse category. (laughs) But Kat is, for me, the lame horse. So I want to get this clear because we've put a lot of money on the line between you and I. We've put Paddy Cash on the line. (laughs) And lame horse is people who've pulled out of the tournament because of injury. So for me, I'm going to say 11. You said how many? Uh, we'll have to go back through the tapes, Lightning, but somewhere <laughs> somewhere between 25 and 15. Somewhere, insert amount here. Well, I'm going with legs 11 because I think 11 legs will ping at some point due to quarantining fitness issues. So, Cutters, it's time to wrap up. Please make sure throughout this Open, we will be active on our socials and we would encourage you, Backhanders fans, to be so also. One thing in particular, please jump on Instagram, head to Pat Cash's account and tag us in. Just get on him. Ask him to respond. We want to see this Pat Cash interview that we've all been hankering to hear. Whilst there, please review and share and recommend our show whilst it's during an open and it's all up in the airwaves. Ping it around to friends and family who you think would enjoy coming along for the Backhanders experience. But also join us on Instagram at The Backhanders and Facebook, of course. And until next time, when you hear from us again mid-tournament, when we review the Australian Open's one-week progress, just remember to be quiet, please. Except for you, Pat. Call me. Call me. Backhand shank do 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 backhand shank do 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 backhand shank do 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 backhand shank forehand shank do 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 forehand shank do do do. Oh yeah.